0: Hey guys, this is the audio version of our latest blog post, Rest in a Performance Driven Culture. I'm the biggest hypocrite when it comes to rest. Last fall, I spent a lot of time reflecting on the topic. I read through Garden City by John Mark Comer, listened to podcasts, and watched documentaries about slowing down. I was left inspired, convicted, and just about every other emotion in between. I quickly realized that I'd been running at a million miles an hour completely ignoring signs from my body to rest. I was on my iPhone 24-7, constantly constantly running from place to place and plagued by the feeling of needing to do more and be more. Why? Because our performance-driven culture says the more you do, the more successful you will be and the better life you will have. And a vast majority of people would agree. We even feel the compulsive need to tell people how busy we are, as if it's a competition where the busier person wins a badge of honor. However, Jesus says the complete opposite. He says, "Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light." Throughout the scriptures, we see a trinitarian model for rest. God created the heavens and the earth, and on the 7th day, he rested. Jesus withdrew to the wilderness and rested. And the Spirit of God is the one who provides rest. God is the only being that doesn't need to rest, yet he does, to model it for us. Netflix is not rest. Social media is not rest. True rest comes from time spent alone in the presence of God. I love the way John Mark Comer describes rest. He says, that's why Sabbath is an expression of faith faith that there's a creator and he's good we are his creation this is his world we live under his roof drink his water eat his food breathe his oxygen so on the sabbath we don't just take a day off from work we take a day off from toil we give him all our fear and anxiety and stress and worry we let go we stop ruling and subduing and we just be we remember our place in the universe so that we never forget there's a God and I'm not him. So after hearing this, I made a few changes. I started getting into work early each day just to be with the Lord. Most of the time, I just sat there and listened. And most of the time, it was really hard. Solitude is one of the most difficult, yet most rewarding disciplines we can foster and develop. I also started an experiment called the Distraction-Free iPhone, where I deleted almost all the apps on my iPhone, except messages, camera, and a small handful of others. No more Safari, no more mail, no more distractions. Studies show that nearly 80% of people ages 18 to 44 check their smartphone within minutes of waking up in the morning. We have become robots, craving social connectedness and productivity. But iPhones have done the complete opposite they've made us less connected and less productive. Morgan and I also started a Sabbath once to Sabbath once a week, where we literally wouldn't do anything that was not considered restful. We didn't buy anything, we didn't do any errands, we didn't work. For some reason, this concept of structured rest time was so foreign to me, but it has become the best day of our week. As a result, I felt more present, more connected, and less anxious, I was experiencing more of the in-between moments that pass by in our daily rhythms. I was experiencing God in a way that brought a deep sense of peace to my soul. Then, slowly but surely, I began to fall out of the rhythm. And six months later, I found myself back at the start, only this time with ministry. We started support raising at the end of January and shot out of the gates, doing six to seven meetings per week. In other words, almost every single day after work, we were with families sharing the vision that we had for church planning in Papua New Guinea. This went on for two months, and we ran ourselves dry. Looking back, Morgan reminded me of our need for rest on a number of different occasions, but it didn't click until the Lord made it painstakingly clear. I was on a walking meeting with my CEO, because that's what all the cool tech startups do, and I was telling him about our busy schedules and how we were hustling so much and how we had this great vision, how we wanted to get as many people on board as possible he responded with a simple question. What would happen if you did three meetings a week and spent the other days, days in prayer and rest? Immediately, I felt like the Israelites of the Old Testament. We tend to read stories about how God delivered them time and time again and almost laugh to ourselves when we read on the next page that they turn back to their former, former ways. Yet in the same way, I had just come out of a season of learning so much about rest and was so quick to fall back to my fleshly tendencies. So we scaled back, and the support came flooding in. Two days later, we got a $1,000 anonymous donation, and within a week, our monthly support level nearly doubled. I was completely humbled by the experience. For the first time, I wasn't able to just work harder. I had to fully rely on God and allow more room for Him to work. We were created for good, meaningful work, but we were also created for rest. There's an important balance between the two, and the only way to do either well is by abiding in the Father. He loves us way too much to let us continue running on our own fumes and our own feeble strength. This truly is the Lord's ministry, and he made it very clear that we would be back in Papua New Guinea one day, so we're resting in him to provide the means necessary. In a performance-driven culture that says do more, be more, and work harder, I pray that we would be quick to recognize the lies of the enemy and lean into the only one who doesn't need rest yet modeled it for us simply because he loves us.